And welcome to episode 003 of the T-Better's Bulletin Podcast with DT Talk. I'm your host, T-Better, coach of T-Better New, and I'm joined by Jeffa. How you going, guys? Coach of the Jeffers Juniors, and uh, yeah, we just got back from a hot day at Jingler. Now, you said Jeffers Juniors. That's your article, not your team, mate. Oh, yeah. I've... I've changed the name actually recently. <laughs> given it used to be Jeffers Boys, but now it's uh, yeah. I've I've moved on to Greener Pastures with the old Jeffers Juniors follow-on. An all rookie team. All right, today we've been down at, uh, watching our boys play against the Dockers, demolishing them. I think it's fair to yeah, say. Yeah, doing what they do best. But uh, grain of salt, it is only pre-season, so let's not get too excited. Obviously, one of the one of those teams uh, was in the grand final last year, and I know which one. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't. So. Yeah, no, they're. Uh, yeah, not too much to read into it, but a lot of improvement from our boys. Um, yeah, Freya played a lot of kids, so we'll get into that a bit later. So, yeah, got a lot of fantasy-relevant stuff to talk about. We'll get into that later. Uh, along with uh, the Derby news, we'll take a look at the news all around the AFL, and then we'll hit up with some hot and cold players from the NAB Cup, guys who are improving and, and going backwards. Now, what have you been doing lately? You've... Uh Written a couple of articles. Yeah, I've done, a, I've done a few more articles since the last time we spoke. I've done the midfield and, and the rucks, and um, I'm just finalising the defenders now. So, finally getting that to bed and um, putting my best um, sort of options together at this stage. And yeah, taking a lot of note on the young kids playing in the NAB at the moment. Yeah, making sure we get it right because the, the defenders are quite thin this year. I think you'll agree. Yeah, so. it's been um, it's been tough. A lot of research and looking at some outside options as well. Speaking of research, uh, we did a DT Talk mock draft the other day using Ultimate Footy. How, yeah. how do you reckon you went? Yeah, I thought I did pretty well. It was a bit of fun, a lot of banter with the chat there between, what, 10 of us or 12 of us, whatever we were, and um, yeah, no, it was good fun. I was pretty happy with the result. Yeah, we were actually the first uh, bunch of drafters to use the new chat uh, system that they had with Ultimate Footy, and that worked out pretty well. We had a lot of lot of banter. Yeah, Calvin was uh, at his best, and yeah. uh, so was Warney, so yeah, it was good fun. All right, uh, and we also mentioned that me and you had pretty much 100% contrasting strategies. Yeah, know? yeah. I um I loaded my midfield first, and um, then went for the ruck early with my fourth round pick. I think it was, and you conversely went the defenders and forwards. Completely opposite, and I think that'll be interesting to see how those teams go by the end of the year. In terms of the voting from the readers, um, cheers, guys, for getting on to that. Uh, we got McGrath coming first with 10%. So. Uh, he's done quite well. And then you and I, second and third. Not, yeah, not, we're, not we're doing all right. And I think that those votes actually got it. They've hit the nail on the head pretty much. So. <laughs> well, I mean, just, just saying. You done know. enough on my work computer, off yeah. my home computer, on my phone. So boosted my numbers a little bit there. All right. I think that's enough banter about the, the draft. Let's get into the news desk. Okay, so we'll get into the injuries, I think, first. is probably the most relevant things for us at this point of the year. Alan Christensen, he's obviously a, a mid-forward, kind of one of those guys that we're looking at. Uh, average 85 or 86-ish last year. Yeah. He's uh, three months out with a with back injury and he's just undergone surgery. Yeah, it's unfortunate, isn't it? But it is. like with all injuries, opportunities come up for yep. others and uh, you could see Hall and Smith and Caddy and those sort of blokes come through now and, and get more of a responsibility, more of a role. So... We've just got to keep an eye on that now in these last two Geelong NAB Cup games, see how they play, see how they're structured. Yeah, particularly Josh Caddy, because obviously a lot of guys are looking at him in the forward line in that sort of mid to mid to premium price range because there isn't a lot of premiums to, to be excited about in the forward line this year. So, I mean, if he can get extra time in the midfield, and we say it all the time with a lot of different players, but if they're in the guts, they're going to get more points. So. Yeah. He's definitely one to look at. Another guy who's been injured lately, Ricky Henderson. He was really good at the end of last year. He was pumping out a 95-point average. 
pretty much over the last seven or eight games. He's broken his leg, or fractured his leg, I think is the official terminology, and uh, he'll be up for most of the year. Yeah, bugger for you, picking him in the old uh, ultimate footy draft. But uh, um, look, again, yeah, with um, Henderson going down, you might see guys like, um, I, I know Henderson played of a halfback running role, but you might see Otten push up to that halfback running role like Henderson played. And my boy that I did a bit of research today, um, Sam Shaw for Adelaide, he's a third tall type, and uh, Brent Sanderson rates him highly. So yeah. I think he'll be a go. He's roughly around 200 grand round numbers in both Dream Team and um, AFL Fantasy, so keep an eye on him. Yeah, he got 60 points on the weekend. I think we'll talk about him a little bit later as well. Yeah. But yeah, pretty good role. If he gets an opportunity, obviously, he can score. And as we've talked about before, there's very little to get excited about in terms of rookies in the back line. But um, speaking of injuries, uh, Goods and Tippett apparently are ruled out for round one, um, yeah, both with uh, knee injuries. So what do you reckon that means for someone like Buddy Franklin? Yeah, he's obviously going to get more attention. I mean, you, I'd be worried, firstly, about Tippett and Franklin, and, and now you know the, a lot of the focus goes on Franklin. Sam Reid will play the other key spot. But, yeah, I don't think he will score as well because of it. But... Um, Interesting to note, I, did you see him run around the practice game the other day? He didn't look that fit either. So, no, um, when, when has he looked fit? Really? Yeah, he, can sure. be, he can kick 13 and he can be running around a little gut. Yeah, That's fine. so a lot, to, um, a lot to look at still with Franklin. I, I had him in my team, and in, in my fantasy team and dream team, so yeah. I might reconsider that one. Well, I have him there sitting because I just haven't really been uh, wooed by anyone else yet. So, Buddy Franklin, big question marks over him. And I guess in saying what we've just said, he has always been the focal point at Hawthorne and it hasn't really obviously affected his outcome yeah, until last year. So, no, good point. Something to look at over the course of the preseason if he does get out there and, and play a NAB, NAB Challenge game. The match review panel, uh, it can obviously be a bit mean to us over the preseason, but we haven't really had anything come out of the first week's action uh, Aaron Edwards and Brock McLean are the only guys to be cited and one gets a reprimand one gets a, a fine and yeah nothing really to talk about out of that yeah good yeah I thought Nick Maxwell was lucky he broke um, that young fella's Burberry's jaw and I thought he was pretty lucky to oh get away. George yeah that was gruesome yeah wasn't it? I thought he was I thought he was in trouble initially but he got away from it but um, if you remember Nick Maxwell actually Broke uh, McGinnity's jaw a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah, he did too. Yeah, he did too. With a big bump that uh, that forced a rule change. So that's interesting. So yeah, look, we look, we don't want the good players um, suspended. So n- n- nothing to worry about thus far. That's good. One of your boys, Morabito. What can you tell me? Yeah, I saw him. Uh, we just come from the game at, at, at Joondal up there, and um, he walked past me. And he, Jesus, he's a big, big lad. He towered over me, and I was quite intimidated. So look. He was walking freely and, and looking fit, and, and, and he, apparently he's going to be suiting up pretty soon. So well, uh, Yeah, Brett Kirk reckons he's back into full training, and he's going to start, uh, fingers crossed, playing games soon. So, no, uh, I mean, he's only 22, that's the thing. I keep on, I've heard from sources close to Fremantle that he could be cooked, that his knees might not hold up when it comes to AFL football, but when you consider that he is only 22 years old, he obviously got a lot of talent. It'd be really nice to see him out there playing. Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, coming back from our our round one teams, effectively, he's not going to be in the round one teams. No, he's clearly not. So we'll just have to watch him through the WAF. We'll probably get four or five games in the WAF and get some confidence up. You know, he hasn't played for the better part of two and a half years. So he would need to find some form, find some touch, and then, yeah, he could be a first sort of trade-down target if he comes into the seniors. That is perfect, yeah. All right, he's on the watch list.
Alright, time to look at some of the Eagles and Doggers and how they went in today's, I'll tell you what, bloody hot interview. Yeah, I mean, sitting in the sun, jeez, we thought the sun might have gone down there in the last quarter, but no, it was just boiling hot. Worked on the tan there, Tibet. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, I want to talk about the Frio guys first, because I'm the kind of guy who eats his veggies before I eat the meat, and they're <laughs> the best to last. So let's talk about the guys in purple. Uh, Nat Fife, he looked pretty good. for Yeah. Like, he took a few overhead marks. It was, you know, quite imposing. Um, you know, he just went through the motions as well. He, he didn't look like he was trying that hard. Same kind of guy. I think that disposal was the same it has been yeah. for, for years. And obviously that's something for him to improve on. One thing I did notice about him, he went off at around about mid-third quarter with a what looked like a, a leg injury. So Yeah, I think um, he knocked his, knocked his knee or had yeah. something there, but he came back on in the end, didn't he? Yeah, he did. I didn't really notice anything wrong with him, but we'll see what happens with that. Getting Fife in your midfield this year, it's hard to find spots in the midfield. And that's why when it, we talk about a lot of the premium midfielders in these games, it's going to be, yeah, he did well, but you've got those uh, got those other guys like the Swans and the Pendlebury's and the yeah, Johnsons me, you need to fit in. For me, um, Fife, he doesn't go that extra yard. So he no. rarely gets that, extra, that 130, 135. It's always, he's solid and he's consistent about the 100s, but... Never, he very, very rarely gets the 130 plus. So that's why I sort of tend to stay away from him. I think he does have the potential one year to just go bang it. Could be this year, but I'm not sure if I'll be the one taking the risk on him. Guy that I do find very risky, and a lot of people do obviously as well, is Aaron Sandilands. He, uh, he looked pretty good today as well. Yeah, he just went through the motions, had his ruck hit outs, looked pretty fit to be honest. And um, yeah, took a couple of good grabs as well amongst the smaller timber around him. But um, <laughs> no, he, he looked all right. He, he looked fit. I mean, last year, obviously, his pre-season was hampered with the turf toe. So he's obviously got some running into his legs and, and just going through the motions as well. So yeah, no, he's he's on track for round one and looking fit. 46 hit-outs for him. So just standard numbers. I also noticed one at one moment of the game, Eric McKenzie kicked out of the back line to a leading Dean Cox in a one-on-one versus Aaron Sandilands. And guess who came out on top? Yeah, obviously. the only guy pretty much who's going to beat Dean Cox. Absolutely, so. yeah. Uh, Gumpton. Yeah, pretty. Free man was new recruit. Yeah, probably underwhelming. He played a lot of game time as well, so it's not like he only got his thirty nine points from you know half a game. He played eighty two percent. Price at two hundred eighty k. He's probably a guy we're going to have to put a, a quick line through. Line through yeah, Look, he, he was a long shot anyway. But he, to me, he's always been a confidence player. Yeah. If he doesn't get going at the start, he just he just takes his time to warm up. And I yeah, look, Free are going to have to work on that, that with him. He's still going to be a target. He's still going to play senior footy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, hopefully he can get his um, head right and, and impose himself. But more disappointing, I thought, was bloody Colin Sylvia. Oh, nowhere to be seen. Did you play today? Yeah, a mate of mine who was sitting with us. He actually said, "What did he say?" He said, "Is Colin Sylvia actually playing?" So. He played quite a bit of on-ground percentage. I think he had 73% game time. And, yeah, only um, only pumped out the, what, the 29 Dream Team points in the end as well. Yeah. So pretty average numbers from Colin Sylvia. Five touches. I must admit, I thought he wasn't playing by the end of the game. So, I mean, obviously I was looking at my boys. But the Eagles yeah. well, a little little more closely. But, yeah, I didn't see, uh, didn't see anything I really liked from him. And he did, uh, it did look like he was struggling from a fitness <laughs> point of view too. I think he was hampered with a little pre-season... Um, injury and he's only been training, having full training, sorry, in the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, he looked like he was heaving a bit at times. That's right. There was those pre-season reports that he, he came back a little uh, chubbier than you probably want to be for an 
uh, you know, an AFL team. So, yeah, he's not the one to track, but I guess the Warn Dog's going to be pretty upset. Sylvia <laughs> might not be a part of his official <laughs> squad this year. Oh, well. Uh, and, uh, yeah. And from you know, the Dockers' perspective, there was uh, a, lot of, a lot of good guys out. So, playing a lot of their young guys, and I don't really see... Max Duffy was okay, 40 points, two goals... Uh, sorry, one goal... He was all right. Um, Sam Angola as well did a run with and um, look, he put his body on the line and and tried hard. But look, yeah, like you said, there's a lot of senior guys to come back in that team, and you know they had a few playing now. But he, I just Ross Lyons never given too much about the old uh, NAB Cup, and um, they're just going through their motions. They're just preparing for round one like most teams. But um, yeah, they, they'll be fine. And now for our boys, the Eagles. Yeah, what a win, eh? Getting oh. excited. It's early, but she's to better. They look good. Keep the lid on. Uh, <laughs> Jack Darling was probably my favourite fantasy player of the day. 377k. He played 78% game time, and he scored 94 points. More importantly, it was his role and the way he looked. What do you think? Yeah, look, he, he went in the centre bounces. He started in the in, up forward, but then found himself in the centre bounces a couple of times, and he had 17 touches and none of them were contested possessions. So, look, he, he looked good. He looked really good and it's exciting. That's exactly what you want to see. If he gets around the midfield, uh, like the centre clearances and that sort of stuff, that's an extra tackle, a quarter, you know, maybe an extra possession. So, you know, those kind of things will add up and probably boost him up from the, the 70 point average, which he has been going out for pretty much the last three years. He yeah, hasn't really improved out of that area. He'll probably average, what, he'll go on the centre bounce at two, three times a quarter. So, yeah, absolutely. It will add up and it, it makes us pay attention. I'm calling an average of 80-plus this year, but, you know, whether that's good enough for us to take a risk on, you know, at his price, which is, like, 377k, that's not cheap, uh, that's another question. But, you know, if he keeps on playing this role, midfield forward, you know, as you said before, Looks a bit like a Jonathan Brown running through the midfield down back in his young days. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And a bit of Pavlich as well. So that bigger body in the midfield just to throw his weight around. Good for our fantasy and uh, good for the Eagles too. There was a couple of times today where it looked like he was about to knock someone's head off. Oh, he just looks so imposing. I think one I saw him, yeah, it was next, standing next to Lockie Near where the centre bounce. It was quite funny. Awesome. And I think if there was a stat for most bruises given out, I think he'd be up there and... Yeah. He'd be more than worth getting in Dream Team. Another guy who probably is um, someone who gets bruises more than gives them out, Xavier Ellis. He's, uh, he's been, obviously, injury-prone in the past, but we get him for 164k this year. What do you think? Yeah, look, a lot of footy. I, he played just under half a game, but a lot of footy went through him um, during the game. They, they like to set up through him with his good left-foot kick. He, 72 fantasy points by, for 48% game time. is bloody good return, so... Look, if he plays round one, he's going to be as big a lock as Sam Mitchell, I think. Let's just keep our fingers crossed that he stays fit and um, the Eagles manage him right, and uh, yeah, he's fit and firing. Well, that's right. It was management. Like, we knew he was only going to play you know, roughly 50% game time. They said that before the match. So it's good to see that he can come out and, and have that mid-defender oh, mid role, I think, was probably yeah. why he played today. And I don't think we expected that. I think all of us thought he was going to play the mid-forward role. Well, he, he sort of started on the wing and then he pushed back. Uh, and I think what uh, Simpson wants is a lot, because of his quality ball, it's just a lot of footy going through him. The Birchall-esque kind yeah, of role. Yeah, you've got um, Xavier Ellis on the left-hand side with his left foot and then you've got Shannon Hearn on the right-hand side and they're both top top kicks. So, 
yeah, I, th- I think that's what he'll play, that wing um, defender half-back role. And um, a lot to like if he bloody keeps racking them up. So, yeah. Nah. The X-Men, the Silver Surfer is what they're calling him around the club, <laughs> apparently. 164K, so that's reasonably cheap, but he does have a little bit of uh, a premium added to him. He's roughly the same price as Dom Sheet. 163K, played about the same amount of game time, uh, and scored, I think, 60 points, roughly. What did you think of it? Because what we're looking for now is obviously the way that they look, not exactly what the numbers they're putting up. Yeah, look, with, with Sheed, he was he was pretty average. Um, he, I think it was more nerves for the young fella as well. He's got a piercing left foot kick. and um, he, he Didn't see that today. I think he missed a few targets. Yeah, and, and look, that would come. But I think what I noticed today with, with that polished performance from West Coast and those other midfielders, I think Sheed will find it hard to break in the team for round one. Yeah, he, he seemed to be a little bit like a step behind maybe of the pace and... Yeah, and he, look, he'll learn. He'll learn with time, but um, you know they can't throw him in there from the get-go. He, they've got to reward the players performing well. He's got a lot to learn still, and um, got to work on aspects of his game. But and I think fitness-wise, you know, I think he struggled a little bit at times as well. So just pushing up and linking up. He played fifty-six percent of the game. Um, good stepping stone, but yeah, a lot of work to do. Yeah, so waffle. I think we're assuming round yeah, one. Yeah, absolutely. He'll, he'll play there. Uh, Jamie Burnell was another guy who will possibly be playing. Uh, Waffle at the same time. He's a midfielder in Dream Team, 119k, but he's playing more as a backline for the Eagles. So. Yeah, look, fantasy, he didn't score well at fantasy at all, only had 31, but yeah, fantasy aside, um, looked good for the Eagles in the back pocket, looked very quick, played um, you know a couple of chase down tackles and did some good things, but with that, if Benel's playing that back pocket, it releases guys like Ellis and Yo and other targets um, up the ground a little more. So that's what it means um, in the overall picture. Yeah, and obviously he's not best 22 yet, or at least anywhere near a lock in that. So no. uh, we'll take a look at him. But it was nice to see a uh, number 44 back out there in David Ruponda fashion. I missed that guy. Yeah. So it's good to see him out there. Uh, Scott Selwood played today. He did all right. He didn't seem to be following anyone around, which is the the main thing for me. Yeah, I think at this stage of the of the season, he's just getting his hands on the footy, working on his touch. Um, he's not too worried about stopping stopping players. It's all about getting the footy, getting the structures right. He he knows what his role will be. I think Simpson's already spoken about him playing. Uh, you know, he's best used as a tagger and attacking tagger. That. Yeah. Um, so look, yeah, don't read too much into his seventy score um, from tonight. Yeah, so he, he was obviously subbed at the end of the second quarter, so his time was a little bit down, no more than anyone else really. Um, I didn't see him following around anyone at all, which is, for me, someone who's had him in the team all pre-season because I love the guy. Yeah. That was the best thing for me, but in saying that, nobody tags in pre-season. So, look, it'll be interesting to see what he plays when the season proper comes, and that's one issue for me. Can I pick Scott Selwood in the hope that he doesn't tag Based on Nab Cup, because I don't think we can we can assume that's what his role is well, going to be because well, it's Nab Cup, it's Nab Challenge. Yeah, it depends on what Simpsons game structure is. If you remember, Hawthorne don't usually tag as well, and the way um, Simpsons involvement with, um, as an assistant coach there, so it's a possibility. But look, I just think he is invaluable as a stopper. And he was an attacking player as well. He still got his twenty plus touches as a tagger. He so, works both ways. With like yeah, I just year, yeah. I don't think they're going to change that um, from Scooter. Take that away from him. Um, so yeah, I'd expect him to play very similar to next year. Uh, another midfielder who who impressed me. It's a bit of low key. Usually is uh, Luke Shuey. Oh, it's nice to see him without a hamstring injury. Yeah, or something like that some today. soft tissue. Um, 
put the set back. But um, yeah, he got his hands on it a fair bit. It was allowed to, you know, he was allowed to run free. But um, 26 possessions, 119 team points, you know, d- d- looked very, very good. A couple um, of sausage rolls, yeah. yeah. They had the, the nice streamlined haircut as well. So something for the ladies, something for the boys. Um, <laughs> I know a lot of people are pretty excited about him at around, I think he's priced at 87-ish um, after an injury-affected uh, 2013 season. I don't know if I can justify picking him in my team because yeah. he is a massive wild card. At 480, card. if we do a quick comparison, you know, we've got Dane Beams, just is a little bit more expensive. Obviously, yeah. you'd pick Beams over, over Shuey any day of the when week. you put it like that, it's, uh, yeah, it's a no-brainer, isn't it? It is hard, but Chris Marson is one that I am considering. He's 534k. He looked really good in the first half today. Yeah, no, he, he's, I think he had 83 dream team points at half time yeah. and, and then sort of put a back pedal on. But um, yeah, no, he did look good. He doesn't get a lot of attention um, from the Pritices and, and others amongst it with. She's um, helping out here. Who's our wingman? Gaffy. That, <laughs> oh, yeah. Gaffy yeah. out as number one tagger. So, yes, Marston um, doesn't get a lot of attention and finds a lot of free ball. So. With a possession style of game that looks to come into play at West Coast, geez, he could he could boost those numbers up pretty quick from last year. Yeah, you wouldn't think he would get a tag when there's when there's Gaffy running around and and make possibly Shuey because Shuey was tagged um, two years ago when he was having like kind of a breakout year and he wasn't so injury affected. So you know if those two were up and running, Marston could get off a leash and just. I always think I always see him as a Montagna Stanton kind of player, yeah, a really yeah. hard working dude. Probably not the first Very fit, Yeah. So, look, I, I'd keep an eye on him. It's not out of the question. Not out of the question. AFL Fantasy probably is where he's at, where you can take more of a risk. Yeah, those um, two trades a week. Yeah, we've absolutely. talked about before, and Hook backed us up last week, you want to get those two or three really, really super premium guys in your in your dream team to make the, the core of your midfield and, and get a lot of your points. So, look, Marson's on my watch list for AFL Fantasy. I think I'm going to take a bit more of a of a risk with that in that version of the game this year, and I'm pretty excited to have guys like you know him. Maybe I maybe I'll chuck Zebel in there as well. Oh, yeah, he did well the other night. He had a lot of tackles and playing in and under. Yeah. yeah, so we'll see what happens with that. Look, Dean Cox is another one I really want to talk about because there was no Nick Nat today, and he dominated. Mate, he was impressive. I. Initially, I don't know if it was the sun in my eyes or the heat stroke that I got from watching the game today, but um, yeah, it's uh, for, uh, 40% game time, 74 Dream Team points. I mean, fair income. That's awesome. And that's only eight hit outs as well. So, you know, doing what he does best, getting around the back line, mopping up a bit of the footy, 16 touches, seven marks. He's got it all. And if, you know, obviously you double that 80% game time, that's a big score from someone like Cox, from a ruckman, and not many other people have that ability. And yeah, he's playing against Sandlands. I know Sandlands probably isn't quick enough or fit enough to follow him, but um, yeah, look, he, like you said, he only eight hit outs, still managed to get a lot of ball. They link, they used him in the link-ups, so yeah, keep an eye on him. I initially, just a tall midfielder, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's always has been. But look, I've got Lobie as my first ruck, and I've been pretty set in my ways with Lobie for most of the preseason thus far, but that game today from Coxie just makes me reconsider my option now. So you've got Sandlands at R3, which is something you revealed on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. So would you consider having Lobie and Cox, like, and a, you know, a two, a two premium? No, like, I don't. Too expensive. Too no, too expensive. Right? Like, uh, I think Lobie's 440-ish and um, Coxie's 530-ish. So yeah. too much. I've got, I'm pretty set on Grundy as my R2 at the moment. He's the number one rocket okay. at the Pies. But Interesting. Look, I've got to reconsider it all because... 
I, I picked two value picks in Logan and Grundy at the moment, yeah. and um, having Sandy's back up. But yeah, Coxie today, it's going to burn you if you don't have him. If he puts up those numbers in, in, in the home and away season, Jesus. He'll be very interesting to see what happens with Nick Nat because I think we're hearing that Nick Nat won't play the whole season. He'll be managed heavily through it. So there's going to be those games where Nick Nat plays, so they both share a lot of rough time, and you know, maybe they'll score 80, 90, 100 each, but then there'll be those other games where Cox is on his own and he's going to bust out at 120. You know what's going to happen, and I don't know if I'm, I'm up for the roller coaster ride. I think I'll, I think I'll probably look elsewhere, someone like a... A Minson or a Cruiser or a Lobby, like you've mentioned before. So yeah, rucks are typically a position where you set and forget. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, well, I've got I've got Sandlands R two, so it's going to be one Pemo for me, and it's probably not going to be Cox. But he, if Nick Nat ever goes down at any point in the season, you've got to look at him, and you know you want to get him in quick. Uh, Elliot Yo was another guy that we traded in, three hundred seventeen k. He looked okay, but probably not for Dream Team. Yeah, good recruit. Showed a lot of promise. Half back, back pocket roll, a um, lot of run. I think he kicked a goal as well. So yeah, fifty meter penalty. So let's not get oh, too yeah. excited about that one. Still count it, but uh, yeah, fifteen touches. Pretty yeah, pretty good. But seventy two dream team points. Not uh, not getting anyone too excited, uh, especially from seventy one percent game time as well. Exactly, and we've got other mid price guys in the back line who've been uh, pretty awesome so far in there. Uh, first NAB Challenge games. I'm talking, of course, about David Swallow, who we'll get onto pretty soon, and uh, Matt, Matt Suckling. Yeah, yeah, obviously, he had 83-ish points, and he just did what he's always done across the back line. All right, well, let's uh, get into the NAB Cup hot and cold players, guys who have uh, you know, changed our expectations over the course of the games played so far. Because you're hot. Everybody loves a little bit of Katy Perry. All right, let's get into the NAB Cup hot and cold players so far. We're going to avoid the Hawthorne, Melbourne, and North Melbourne players because if you haven't caught it already, the boys talked about that on the Mad Monday podcast. All right, Jebba, you're the rookie expert. What have you thought about the rookie so far? Look, I um, from the other day, Pollock got a lot of the footy, had 91 drinking points with 69% game time. Looked pretty polished, pretty good. Uh, the same game, youngster Matty Crouch. Jeez, what do you reckon's about? I reckon he's a lot for Dream Team and Fantasy now. He uh, had 85 um, fantasy points, 64% game time. So he's carrying on, getting the pill a lot, like his TOC Cup days. And uh, yeah. yeah, very, very good prospect now. He was doing Crouch things, Matt Crouch, wasn't he? He had, <laughs> like you said, 24 touches, 7 tackles. These are the kind of things that you come to expect from himself and his brother so yeah look, look again Van Burlo's out so he should he should push for a spot there it's still we don't know where he's going to be at um, only one that cup game but I think he's he's done no harm with that performance on the league it's the thing we always say if he's name round one he's a lock you know until yeah. that's proven then yeah he's still on the watch list and I'd love to see how he goes next week to make sure it's not a fluke but I'm loving him so far and he's currently in my team yeah, a couple of other guys um, f- from a few days ago now is uh, Luke McDonald. Jeez, he, he was good as well. 20 touches. And Brad Scott was smiling he's in his post-match press conference about him. So, look, I think he's a lock in fantasy and dream team. I know he's more expensive, but he'll be playing a lot of senior footy this year. So, just lock him in, guys. You'll do your wonders. Um, another guy, Jay Kennedy Harris. Small forward for the JKH. Yeah, nice little acronym there. We um three goals in the last quarter. Very lively, tight. 
did a lot of good things, and he spoke well after the game, didn't he? And yeah, I think he's, he's, he's into acting or something. Yeah, or yeah something I think mentioned. He, the commentator is saying he's in a yeah, home and away episode or and yeah, a couple of something like that. I mean, we'll hear about it for the rest of the year because you know Mike Pike's Canadian, used to play rugby. Yeah, yeah, exactly <laughs> that it's kind just, of thing. If they start on that bandwagon, it's a good story. Away. It's a good story with uh, Jack H, and I think he's proven pretty much that he's going to be the kind of guy that you would want to have in your in your best twenty-one come. Uh, round one, I guess. So. Yeah, I don't think he's going to score too highly, though. No, yeah, small uh, forward. You know, 69 fantasy points with three goals, and that was all in the last quarter, too. So there could be, a, you know, a sub-40 thereabouts game um, that could burn you, but as a backup, and given his job security at the Ds, I, I think he's a good option still. Yep, you can have an FA if you just want him, uh, someone who's going to play every game. Yeah, sure. yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, also, Aish... Pretty, you know, stood out one of the better of the young Brisbane brigade that got thumped by Hawks. I liked him. He looked, he looked lean, but he looked very skillful and, and poised. So, you know, I'm on Aish at the moment in the midfield. Um, I'm not. I'm sort of leaning to Pollock Crouch and other guys, especially Xavier Ellis touching on him again. Oh, you know, X Man. Yeah, he's just he's just coming to the frame too much now, and I think Aish sort of drops a little bit down the list. He is a bit more expensive than obviously Norris, yeah, yeah, and same with Jack Martin. Jack Martin got his hand a fair bit on it. Oh, he's interesting. Yeah, he's a bit more pricier, but uh, probably didn't have the return that I would have liked. Apparently he's going to play more midfield time next week. That's what they said. Look, a lot of people are jumping off him at the moment just based on that one performance, and I think it's, it's probably a bit short-sighted. You know, we have heard for constantly over the last year how good he is and how he's... A bit of a Jaeger O'Meara kind of clone. Well, not clone the way they play, but you know, it, I hope he can reciprocate his kind of fantasy form this year. And look, one game, it's pre-season to a game, and he had 14 touches. Not much more you can expect out of a guy's first crack at AFL level. So you know, I'm I'm still on board. Yeah, I, I'm going to wait and see. I, I just don't know if he's going to give you the returns um, that others would. So. Look, yeah, we'll just see how he goes in the second and third game of the NAB Challenge. But in the same game, someone else who sort of snuck in the radar, under the radar for me, and I, I don't think he's going to make an impression this year, was Zach Merritt. 71 drinking points from 56% game time. And that included six tackles from the little guy. Yeah. Who just, yeah, just surprised me. And um, Bonner Thompson had praise from after the game as well. So keep an eye on Zach Merritt. One that, um, yeah, could feature in the early rounds. I just love that he scored more than his brother. That's my... Yeah. The guy who's been in the system a couple of years, Jackson Merritt, only had 65 points of his own. I think that's... Uh, yeah, you'll probably mention it, you know, 17 touches versus his brother's 15, so I'm sure that was that was quite right. around after the game. You'd think so. Any other um, rucks there? Oh, sorry, rookies? Yeah, Fraser Thurlow did all right. I, <laughs> I, nice segue. Yeah, I, uh, I don't think he's going to um, feature, though. Look, it needs to work on a few things. I still accept that you know Paddy Ryder will be prominent ruck with Danaher pinching, pinch hitting. Sorry, at the centre bounces. So yeah, I'm still off Fraser Thurlow completely. Well, like you, you mentioned that all three of them played against the Gold Coast the other day, and it's, I think it's interesting to see that they play Joe Danaher as just a forward. They he had no hit outs, uh, kicked yeah. a couple of goals. So look, I think. Yeah, if they do go down that route, then there is a spot for Thurlow, but only if they use Danaher as a, as a key forward and nothing else. That's yeah. the only way it's going to happen. He's above him in terms of job security, you would think, um, and ability. So why would you? Well, I don't think they're going to. I don't think they're going to do that. I think they got Carlisle that they're going to throw forward this year. So Danaher, you know, they'll still have a, t- a few targets down there. 
I think Danaher will pinch it. So, yeah, I don't expect Burley to play and I'm not going to waste my time on him. Yeah, in saying that, though, if at R4, what else are you going to chuck there? There's, a, there's not Well, many. yeah, I mean, oh, I'm, he did this to us last time. Brad Scott said, you know, they're floating the option of playing two rucks this year. Curry's in and about. He didn't score too well on the week. He didn't give us a lot up for, did he? No, so, look, it's about job security, I suppose. And I'm coming back to my strategy. This is why I got Sam Lands at R3. I don't trust longer scores. I don't trust um, any real cheap ruckman this year. Hence why I've gone Sandy as my R3. Any other rookies for us? Cleary showed a bit. Um, yeah. 80 points, didn't he? Yeah, 80 dream team points. But just looked a bit hesitant and not as physical as he probably should have been. But yeah, other than that, not, not a lot. Yeah. Other a lot of good rookies. port players out as well in, in, in the yeah. team that took on Adelaide. And you know, Trengrove's coming back into it and Alipati Kyla. So... Unless those one of those two aren't ready for round one, he could get an early game. But yeah, keep an eye on him. But he's got a lot to work on. All right, and there's a obviously we'll be looking at the rookies for the rest of the games very very closely, and I'm sure you'll be all over that. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Matt Wright is a guy that you mentioned to me earlier oh, and said he's one of your favourites. I look, he did this to me last year, guys. He got 139 against a, a very young Port Adelaide team. Everyone's talking about him. Don't do it. Save yourself the pain. I picked him last year. From memory, he scored about 100 in his in round one, and then it was all downhill after it that. It was, yeah. He had a massive, massive preseason as well. Like He's a naturally fit guy, though. So, yeah, I just... Interesting, because his role, his role did change after a while. So he actually went to tagging halfway through the year. Yeah. But this story reminds me of uh, my own personal experience, where I had Chris Yaron uh, a couple of preseasons ago. Uh, looked really good. That's when he moved from the forward line to the back line. Yeah. Everyone was getting really excited about it, and I got sucked in, and uh, he averaged 65, maybe, something very, very lackluster and something that you wouldn't expect from or wouldn't want from a, a mid-pricer. So from now on, I've dubbed those sorts of players the Yaron Dilemma. Yeah. And uh, he gets five Yarons for me, five out of five Yarons. Um, Matthew Rob stayed right away, even though there's nothing else in the forward. I'll be interesting, like with the stats on how popular he is, you know, in the first. few Well, rounds. especially if he keeps on doing stuff like this, a lot of people are going to get tricked into it. It'll be hard to ignore, but look, he just he did this. I vividly remember this from last year, guys. So I'm not touching. <laughs> the disclaimer there from Chepa. Look, Dustin Munn, he went back uh, to a half-back role in this preseason game, and he has been touted as doing so by Richmond thus far. Do you reckon that will continue, and do you like it? Personally, no, I didn't. I think he's just so much better used as a half-forward midfielder. He looked a bit lost. Um, he did get, you know, he's got a quality kick, and I understand why Hardwick's sort of um, toying with the idea of playing a half-back, but... Geez, like I just—he's a better finisher in front of goals. If you're gonna—they already got Hooley and Newman. Well, Newman went down with an injury, but Hooley and Delidio can go back there again. Yeah, I just think they've got so that. many better options than than Dusty, and it's going to affect his scoring if he does go back to halfback. I, I think he's going to score a lot more as a mid forward. Yeah. Okay. Um, so if he—I t- don't think he will—but if he does play the halfback role, I wouldn't touch him. Well, one of the theories on this is that he was sent back there because of the new interchange cap rule, and he's very famous, or infamous probably, for being someone with a very, very small midfield tank. So, yeah. look, 
if that was a, a, a ploy to keep him out on the field for as long as possible without him getting, you know, too burnt out, yeah, too burnt out and, and sent to the, the bench, and that that could be why they've done it. Maybe they're just trying over the preseason, but you know, like he still scored quite well. I think he was the second top scorer for Richmond. Yeah, look, it's about multi-position. A lot of coaches are hearing now about playing multiple positions on the grounds and with the interchange cap um, coming in, so that plays a part. But um, he's, he's not going to be a halfback for Richmond, I guarantee it. So All right. I don't worry too much. All right. Mark Murphy is another one that I had a close look at over the weekend, and I didn't like what I saw. No, he didn't get too much of it, did he? No, he didn't. And he didn't even look interested. That was my main thing. It's, I've said it a couple of times throughout the preseason. It's it's more the way they look, and it's their roles and the, the points they actually put up. I mean, we'll see after a couple of weeks. All the data will come out, and, and Fancy Freako will help us out with his uh, points per minute, or points per 100 minutes, sorry, um, those sorts of figures, but look, I didn't like the way that he looked and the way he went about it, and it just reminded me too much of last year where he seemed disinterested. He's a captain of a footy team. Yeah. And he's no added, tag as well, by the way. Yeah, and his attitude did not impress me, and I picked him up with my third pick in that ultimate draft, so I'm a bit worried. <laughs> well, the lucky was on your mark then, I guess. Yeah. David Swallow, mid-back role, um, but more of a mid than we probably expected, yeah, I, definitely last year. Yeah, he's coming in calculations now. I think... Um, uh, Bluey McKenna used him, he, he spoke about him post-match at the conference and said, look, he's, he's a midfielder, we're going to use him more in the midfield, but again, multi-positioning, if he needs a rest, he can drop forward, if he needs a rest or a lesser role, then he can drop back. So he's just working on all aspects of his game. I expect him to play a lot of the midfield this year. He is a naturally fit dude as well. I know we've had, he's had injury concerns, but in terms of his tank, he is one of those guys who can run through midfield all game. He had 23 touches... Six tackles against Essendon. Well, I think he, at his price, he's someone who's going to be very hard to overlook if he plays in that role all season. Yeah, absolutely. DPP as well, so you've got more options. And yeah, like you said, I, he's just coming to calculations now. I, I didn't think too much of him at the, at the start. I had my big three of um, McVeigh, Mitchell and Bartel. Then with Suckling as well, floating the options of Birchall, floating the options of David Swallow, but... Yeah, firmly on David Swallow now. So he might be downgrading one of those uh, those three primos you just mentioned. Yeah, probably maybe even Bartel. I don't yeah. know. Bartel can sort of be quieter in games. At I'm times. a fan of that actually. Yeah, and it could save me some more money, and I could do Loby to Loby to um, to Coxie. Like oh, I spoke about earlier, so that might uh, solve my problem there. But enough about David Swallow. Let's talk about the man, Gary Ablett Junior. How good was he? Son of God, yeah. Well, he was pretty good, wasn't he? He got 139 Supercoach points. That's a different game. 92 Dream Team, but the winning behind. Yeah, amazing. 65 metres out. Kicked it as long as he could and uh, managed to get forced through. That's the kind of thing he does for the Gold Coast. And can do for our Dream Teams. Is he in your side of the moment? Oh, absolutely. You can't, you can't ignore him now. Um, I did look at the option of starting CBJ ahead of him as a, as a point of difference. But, yeah, Gary and Swanee all the way. Well, we mentioned before that no one tags in, in Dream Team, and he's once again the exception to the rule. Heath Hocking went to him, and he still managed to bust out 92 points in a, in a game, I guess, that no one really puts as much stock into. So I guess that's encouraging. The only player to get tagged still gets 92. Yeah, and he's warming up too. He's like everyone else, getting his, hand, getting his touch back as well. So this is only the beginning, mate. Just enjoying the sun up there on the Gold Coast. Uh, one of his teammates that I was really high on him, especially in draft leagues over the beginning of the season, was uh, Charlie Dixon. I barely saw him. 19 points, two behinds, did nothing in the ruck. I think he's pretty much straight off my list now. 
Yeah, he, um, he wasn't that mid-price, sort of awkward price player, but... Um, DPP as well, yeah. which is obviously one of his biggest... And he did assets. start, he, he had that really good patch last season, so I wouldn't discount him entirely yet, mate, but um, yeah, signs aren't good initially. Yeah, he normally needs to kick a lot of goals to become someone uh, who, who gets the score, and I, I hate picking goal-reliant players. That's probably my biggest thing, and that's why I haven't got a lot of... KPPs in the past and more overlooked for Rewalt last year which was a mistake because he gets like 12 months again. He surprised me too. Okay Jeff, I think we're going to wrap it up there. As usual, I think we'll leave with a big call. I'll hit off first. My big call is, alright, bit of a backstory. We know from Mad Monday's podcast when uh, Warnie and the boys interviewed Andrew from FanHub he let us in on a little bit of a secret with the AFL Fantasy. They're actually changing the prices after one round now. And now that one round price change is actually after the second round because the first one's... Yeah, you know, free hit, essentially, yeah. The free hit. So at least they're giving us that one extra week before they start limiting trades again to two trades per week. Rookies will change price after their first game. So what that means is we have to get on our rookies before they start to play. Do you know what I mean? We yeah, have to, yeah. It's not going to be, we can't wait two games in AFL Fantasy this year before we think, oh, should I get this guy, should I not? That's right, we're going to be rewarded by taking those bold picks. Exactly. So, say Matt Crouch doesn't debut round one or round two, and he comes in in round four. He's going to be the kind of guy that you want to get yeah, on. Yeah, jump on straight away. Absolutely. Now, my big call of the week is, the substitution best uh, rule actually works out for our rookies. Okay, so bear with me here. A player debuts in round three, for instance, so obviously after this round he have his first price change because it's his first game. If they come in and they look good in their half a game and they get a sub vest and maybe they've scored 30 or 40, yeah. then we have a good look at them and their price won't change too much in that first week because oh, 30 okay. or 40 doesn't put up their price too much. The advantage of that is we get to look at them and their price stays the same. So I'm thinking, you know, we've all been doom and gloom about the, the sub rule over the past couple of years and... Fair enough, because it has hurt our rookies in the past. But if we can, you know, see these rookies for a couple of games before their price before their price goes up exponentially, I reckon that's going to be a good thing for us. Yeah, that's my big call. It plays into our advantage, doesn't it? I mean, a, a quarter or two in a green, uh, taking the green vest off, get a good look at them, and if they perform well, bang next week, take that green vest off, start on the field or whatever. Yeah, it could, we could get a little insight. Yeah, it's nothing I thought I'd say, you know, the, the subverse uh, rule actually working out for us, but that's my big call of the week. What's yours? Mine's actually come back to Buddy Franklin. I just, all the footage of him through the week. Bloodwood. Yeah, the, in, uh, the intra-club, I, he just doesn't look fit to me, and I'm, I'm scrapping him. So I'm, who are you going at F3 instead? Well, yeah, he's currently my F3, and I'm impressed with Zorko. I, he's around the same price, a bit cheaper, and yeah, everyone's... Sort of hasn't there as well, but he gets four yarns for me. I think <laughs> he's <laughs> Look, one of those pretty blues last year, so let's give him a break. Lepic loves him, he was captain the other night, so I a lot of responsibility on him, and I, I think he's he's going to be up there. And oh. Yeah, Franklin's fitness from my end is a concern. That's a big call. So, you reckon second year blues to third year breakout? Yeah, on Zorko. All right, all right, guys. Um, thanks for hanging out with us on this well, Wednesday night by the time you guys listen to it. Uh, make sure you stick around the site. There's plenty of stuff on there. NAB Challenge game reviews coming out every night. Uh, we've got lefties, left fielders, which are always good for the guys that we miss in the Deca Dream Team. Jeff, you've even got an article coming out well, today. When yeah, well, we, by the time you hear this, it'll be already out in the Defenders, so uh, keep an eye on that, guys. It took I left it a bit longer just to get more, more research done, and hopefully uh, roughly came 
came up and about. But uh, yeah, the defenders are quite thin this year. It's a line that we really need to. Uh pay a lot of attention to so you say the best for last again alright Jeff thanks for coming in for another podcast thanks for having me again no problem alright guys make sure you check Dream Team Talk for all your fantasy needs have a good one see ya